The Old Testament lesson for this Sunday is found in Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your decrees, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle lesson for this Sunday is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, make known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Altogether, alleluia, the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Alleluia. I invite you to rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel appointed for this Sunday is from the Gospel of St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The child Jesus grew and became strong and filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. And after three days, 
They found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What the whole world needs now is wisdom. Maybe you expected me to say what the whole world needs now is love, sweet love. And certainly the world could use a lot more love. But unfortunately, many people's understanding and practice of love is detrimental to their spiritual and moral well-being and to the spiritual and moral well-being of our society. No, what the world needs now is wisdom. There's a story in the Bible about Solomon. Solomon is one of King David's sons. And at about the age of 20, Solomon is abruptly, abruptly crowned as king of Israel following David's death. Solomon has never really received the kind of apprenticeship that might have prepared him for the office in which he suddenly finds himself. He's quite inexperienced for facing some of the complex political issues and situations that are facing him. And Solomon is aware of the enormity of the challenge that is set before him, and he is profoundly and woefully recognizing that he is unprepared for it. So in 1 Kings chapter 3, we read these words with that context in mind. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this your great people? Can you imagine? Can you imagine being approached by God and God saying, whatever you want, I'll give it to you? I mean, that's better than a genie offering you three wishes. That's better than being hand-given hand or given a a blank check, and told that you can write any number on that check and you will receive it. 
What is truly remarkable is that when young Solomon is presented with this prospect, ask what I shall give you, Solomon doesn't ask for long life. He doesn't ask for increased riches. He doesn't ask for the demise and the death of his enemies. Instead, Solomon asks for understanding to discern what is right. He asks God to give him wisdom so that he can discern between good and evil, right and wrong. It's really quite remarkable. I mean, God is even impressed, and he says so. Continuing on in that text, we read, Because you have asked this, this is God speaking, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. And I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that other kings, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. God granted wisdom. The ability to discern between right and wrong is what not only Solomon needed, but it's what the world needs now. It's what you and I need. This wisdom of which I speak is not the encyclopedia, trivia type of knowledge that entertains us on a game show like Jeopardy. The wisdom that I speak of is not the how-to type of manual knowledge that tells us how to step-by-step to do something, like assemble a piece of furniture. The wisdom I speak of does not displace God from his throne. And this wisdom of which I speak does not make man or man-made truth the center of reality. No, the wisdom Solomon requests and the wisdom that God grants him has a number of different features to it or characteristics to it. And first of all, the wisdom that God grants to Solomon is that, is that it acknowledges, this wisdom always acknowledges that God exists. It acknowledges that God is the ground and the center of true wisdom. Later on in the book of Proverbs, Solomon writes these words, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And so this God-given wisdom that Solomon is given, first of all acknowledges that there is a God, and Solomon is not that God. And that God is the source, and the ground, the center of all true wisdom. You see, the wisdom that God gives to Solomon, the wisdom that God gives to us, has God's mind as its source. So how do we know the mind of God? Well, we read and meditate upon his word. That's how. That's how God has revealed to us his truth. As we heard in the Old Testament lesson just moments ago, Psalm 119, listen to these words again. Oh, how I love your law, that is the word of God, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all of my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand even more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. And I hold back my feet from every evil in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. 
How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I gain understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. See, the wisdom that God gives to us, the wisdom that is in God's mind, so to speak, is revealed to us in sacred scripture. And as we meditate upon the sacred scripture, there God reveals to us his wisdom. He gives us understanding. He gives us the ability to discern between right and wrong. Yes, it's the word of God, his wisdom, that helps us to discern between right and wrong, which ultimately leads us to recognize our sin and to repent of our sin. You know, Solomon's not asking so much for God to tell him how he should do everything. He's not not asking for God to give him a how-to manual, how to be a king. No, he's asking for the ability to make good decisions on his own. You see, the Bible is not a detailed instructions manual on how we should carry out our responsibilities that we have been given, although that's how many people want to turn the Bible into. That's what the people want to turn the Bible into. They want to turn it into a manual for how they're to live their life. But no, it's not that. I mean, if we want more detail, and surely we do, we can always turn to the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments make it very clear of what is right and what is wrong, what is moral and what is immoral. But really, when Solomon says, give me a discerning heart, he's asking God to give him wisdom so that as he experiences things in life, he'll be able to know what is right and wrong, what is the correct thing to do, what is the incorrect thing to do. And as I said moments ago, he's not asking for a how-to manual. He's asking just, God, give me that discerning mind so that when I go out and live my life, I'm applying your word into my life. And as I'm applying your word in my life, I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm going to make errors. I know there's going to be things I'm going to need to repent of. I know that there's going to be times where I'm going to need to seek the advice and the wisdom of other people, other godly people. But Lord, give me that discerning heart that I always seek your will in your word. And that's really the point of when Solomon is asking for this discernment between good and evil. And it's, it's an important point for us to take to heart too, in that God doesn't give us this manual as to how to do things and not do things so much, but it's more like, go out and live your life with my word in your mind, as you meditate upon it day by day. And as you go out and live your life, you know that you're going to make mistakes, you know that you're going to need the advice of other people, You know that you're going to need to repent of your sin and you can come to me for forgiveness and you will receive that forgiveness and then you go out and you live life again. And you may make the same mistake again, but then you learn from it, you come back, you repent, and you go forth knowing that you're loved and forgiven by me. Solomon receives that kind of wisdom. He understands right from wrong. He doesn't always apply it, and we'll talk about that in a little bit later. But he understands right from wrong because God reveals the right and the wrong in his word. But this wisdom from God also entails a child. It entails the child of Bethlehem, the eternal logos, the eternal wisdom 
that was made flesh. Yes, you see, Jesus is the embodiment of God's wisdom. In fact, the Bible says of Jesus that the Spirit of the Lord rests on him, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding. And certainly, as the embodiment of God's wisdom in this world, Jesus came and he taught the people of God. He taught people all about God. It says in John's Gospel that if you want to really know God, you need to know Jesus. Because he is the one who reveals God the Father to us, the heart of God the Father to us. Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. And we even see that in the, in the Gospel lesson for today, that Jesus, as a 12-year-old boy, from his human perspective, is continuing to grow in wisdom as he too meditates upon the, the word of God that he has. But the wisdom of God it involves this child. But you and I know that this child not only remained a child, but that he also grew up to be a man, and he ultimately died on a cross, and he died so that he might ultimately forgive us of our sins, and so that he may also rise from the dead, promise us everlasting life. And this is the heart and the center of this, of this wisdom of God. To the world, it's foolish. But to God, it's his wisdom. For it opens up to us not only the forgiveness of sins, but it opens up the door of heaven to us as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we hear these words, and many of you have heard these words before. It says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, Christ, the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. This is the heart and center of God's wisdom revealed to us. Yes, it involves a child born in Bethlehem, but a child who came to be our Savior. And as our Savior, he dies on the cross to forgive us of our sins. He rises from the dead, promising us everlasting life. And yes, to the world, this message is foolish. But this is the wisdom of God. And it's this message, this wisdom of God, that the world needs so desperately today. Because this wisdom of God not only involves a child, but it also involves what the child has accomplished for us, the forgiveness of sins and the promise of everlasting life. Again, we heard in the epistle lesson the wisdom of God spoken. Listen, Ephesians 1, verses 7 through 10. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the rich of, of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit was the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Take to heart this wisdom that God reveals to you this day in these words. In him, in Christ, you and I have the redemption of sins through his blood. We have the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And we who have heard this word of truth know that we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit and holy baptism and we're guaranteed an inheritance. That's the wisdom of God spoken to you and to me. Foolish to the world. Yes. But our deepest treasure. And the person who has this wisdom of God worships Jesus as Lord, just like the wise men. I mean, what made the wise men wise wasn't their accumulation of knowledge, the fact that they had a lot of details in their head. But what made the wise men truly wise was that they recognized who they were to worship, and they did so. I mean, if Herod the Great and the scribes and the teachers of the law had been in that house with the magi when they came upon the toddler Jesus, they would have wondered, they would have been shocked to see the wise men get down on their hands and knees and worship the Christ child, giving them gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They would have, like, what are you doing? Why are you getting down on your knees and, and paying homage to this toddler? I mean, it makes no sense. It's foolish. But you see, that's the way it is when God grants you his wisdom. You get down on your hands and knees and you worship Jesus as Lord and you present yourself to him and you say, Jesus, I am your servant. Lead me where you would have me serve you. It's a person who has God's wisdom not only worships Jesus as Lord, but also daily seeks God's direction. The wise woman, the wise man, prays this prayer every day, and this is the prayer of Psalm 143. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. James tells us to pray as Solomon prayed. St. James writes, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. 
Sadly, Solomon didn't always pray for wisdom, did he? If you know the story of Solomon, you'll know that there were times where he didn't seek the Lord's will. And when you stop seeking the Lord's will, you start doing your own will, and that usually leads you into problems. And certainly Solomon got himself into some deep water. He married, he had how many wives? 700? 300 concubines in addition? If that's not bad enough, that's pretty bad. He allowed those women to bring their false religion into Israel. And his false religion in Israel made many people depart and forsake the worship the one true God. For all of his wisdom, when he stopped seeking the wisdom of God, when he stopped seeking the Lord's will, they said he got himself into deep trouble. It emphasizes, Solomon's story emphasizes to you and me the importance to be united with Christ daily through his word. To continue to seek the wisdom of God as we meditate upon the word of God day by day by day. As we continue to focus our hearts and mind on the teachings of Jesus as revealed to us in the Old and the New Testaments. And as we receive this wisdom, oh, we will still fall into sin. There's no doubt about that because of the sinful people we are. But we'll also hear the wisdom of God inviting us to repent of that sin and to believe in Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Much more could be said about the wisdom of God. But hopefully by now you realize that God's wisdom wisdom is universally needed. We want everyone, God wants everyone, to be a wise guy or a wise woman. And so what the whole world needs now is wisdom. God's wisdom. Because if you possess God's wisdom, then you'll know that God loves you. And if you know that God loves you, then you'll know that God loves you in Jesus Christ. And if you know that God loves you in Jesus Christ and that your sins are forgiven through Christ, then you'll find yourself loving other people even as God has loved you. And that's really the kind of love that this world needs. It needs the love of God centered in Jesus Christ. And where does all this begin? Well, it begins with God-given wisdom. And so this day, as we begin 2022, or a couple days into 2022, we pray, God, grant us this wisdom. Grant this wisdom to us all. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.